You know that joke where you ask somebody, have you ever read the book Spots on the Wall by Who Flung Poo? Yeah, it's funny. It's like one of the funniest jokes ever, but I think it does a it does a huge disservice to the real author of the real book Spots on the Wall, which was written by uh, the great Irish author T.W.O. Penis Holes. I came up with that joke at 2.30 a.m. this morning while sitting on the toilet. It's mine, so I don't want to hear that on the next Carlos Mencia album. Hi, my name is Matt. This is Giant Electric Penguin. It's a podcast, and this is episode number 24. If it's all right with you, let's talk about Star Wars for a minute. Let's talk. Let's talk about Star Wars. Wow, that was an exciting intro. I want to specifically talk about the show Andor. I'm finally getting to it. I was watching Andor last weekend, and I watched episode 7. And this is after, you know, Cassian has, uh, you know, he's been part of that semi-successful raid on on Aldhani. Uh, The team that he was working with, they got all those credits. You know, they stole that. They stole all the credits from the Empire, but like most of his uh, teammates of color on the raiding team uh, were killed, which, uh, yikes, Star Wars. <laughs> They're bringing back uh, that old chestnut. Cassian comes back home, and to get his friend, he goes to see his friend, uh, Bix, and to get her attention, he goes to where she works. She's like, if you don't watch this show, she's like a mechanic or or some something. He's outside her window and he and he does this number. He does you know the shave and a haircut. Shave and a haircut. Two bits. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> At first I was I thought maybe they told the actor, hey, you know, just you know, improvise something. And maybe they thought he'd pick up a little pebble, toss it at the window. But instead he did this very uh what what I would think is is something that is very bound this planet that we live on, uh, the sh- the old shave and a haircut, bop, 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 and uh, so that's what I thought first. But then I then I kind of expanded that thought, and I thought, is this actually a clue that maybe Star Wars the series uh, does in fact take place in the same galaxy as as Earth, our Earth, the Earth we're on right now, the Earth you're sitting on whilst listening to this podcast. Are, like, the survivors of all this warring in the stars, are they the first Earthlings? Like, tired and haggard after all the Star Wars. I mean, we don't even know how many more Star Wars are going to pop off now that Disney owns the thing. So, I mean, there could be millions of years of, of these of these Star Wars. But, you know, at the very end of them, we finally, oh, we're sick of fighting amongst the stars. There's a ragtag band of survivors, and they find themselves on Earth. And uh, one of the first things they do is is they bring shaving a haircut two bits to Earth <laughs> with them. That's their first major accomplishment. They find the Earth, and then and that's and but their their most their most memorable contribution to the beginning of Earth's history is bop ba da bop bop. That's the, that's the thing that hung around. Not their UFO technology, you know. Not their spaceship technology. We can't do any of that. That's lost to time. But we do have shaving a haircut. 
It's in fact, it probably would be considered the earliest poem or like short story. I'm fine with uh, the people in Andor having a coffee substitute. I, I think they call it calf. I like watching people in the Star Wars Star Wars world like wake up and like make some coffee. I think that's charming. But uh, I, shaving a haircut went a little too a little too far for me. I also wanted to talk about this conversation later in the episode. There's there's this conversation between Mon Mothman and Tay Colma. Uh, there, she's uh, Mon Mothma is like this uh, senator, and she's having a party for all kind of the rich rich members of, of the empire. They're having a dinner party, and an old friend of hers, uh, Tay Colma, shows up. And I don't remember really what they were talking about. I think they were like dancing around the fact that they both sympathize with the rebels, but they just they can't come out and say it because you know they're surrounded by you know empire elites. Uh, but this this take home guy, I mean, <laughs> he you wouldn't you wouldn't want to tell this guy anything, because uh, you know he's you got to look at his face when when they're when they're trying to like they're trying to feel each other out on this this uh, rebel rebel thing, and like I mean the dude's playing to the back of the room, and unfortunately the back of the room is where all the you know the empire is. They're back there watching you, buddy. Uh, so. Uh, so Tay Colma and Mon Mothman are, are talking. Mothman's wife, or Mothman's husband, walks up, and he, he's uh, and Tay Colma's like, "Oh, he- hello there. Uh, we weren't talking about anything controversial. <laughs> Just our childhood friendship. <laughs> Certainly no talk about taking down the empire going on over here. Like he's really overselling it. Fuck that guy. I, I honestly, I'm only on episode seven. I haven't watched beyond that, but I don't, I don't trust him anyway. But uh, I mean, he's just." Maybe it's the actor's fault. I don't know. He's really he's really overdoing it. It's very clear that Tay Colma is telling a lie. Plus, what is it with these weird names? Tay Colma and uh, Mon Mothman, and I'm sure Mothman's husband has some weird ass name. But there is in in this show. There's a guy. There is a guy named Tim. Like I think that was the first time. And I'm always like blown away when they say Tim. I was like, they can't possibly be be saying Tim because there's nobody in Star Wars named Tim. That's a, that's just like, that's, that's too normal of a name. But well, it turns out though, if, if you didn't know this already, it, it is Tim, but uh, there, it has two M's. It's Tim with two M's. So, you know, whatever Star Wars. <laughs> I'm done now. Done talking about Star Wars. Wow, man, I'll, I'll have to do some more talking about Star Wars. That segment has a shitty intro and a shitty outro. I wanted to provide you guys with an update on my progress through the Holy Moments book I talked about in episode 23. I did read... Uh, chapter one, I finished reading it. To me, what it seems to be saying is that to find true happiness and fulfillment in life, human beings are looking for meaning. They want to feel like their life means something. I, I get it, but I, me personally, I found comfort in my life when I embraced life's meaninglessness. You know, 
and I don't, I don't consider myself a nihilist or anything. I, I just find comfort in the fact that none of this matters. However, I, I also understand that might be the very thing that kind of messes with people's heads. I, like I said, I get it. I just, I feel like though, if you just like embrace the fact that like the bulk of us will not be remembered for anything terribly significant when we die, uh, I, I feel like the living life part of life just becomes a lot more enjoyable. You, you stop dwelling on things. Um, I don't know. So I, I get why this book exists. It, it wants to make people feel better and, and it feels better probably if you think you have a purpose, even like, you know, more specifically a purpose provided to you by a higher power. Um, but I don't really subscribe to that. So, so far the book doesn't really do anything for me and I haven't heard back. Uh, I know the holy moments challenge is coming up in the fall and I'm, I'm raring to go on that, but I haven't heard back from them yet. But as soon as I do, I'll let you know, and we can maybe all do the holy moments challenge together. Uh, I hope there's like a, I hope there's like a weight loss, uh, component to it because I, I put on put on a little extra weight so <laughs> uh, and I'm about to go on vacation and add just like another layer of weight on top of that so holy moments uh, challenge maybe we can put some physical activities in there it'd be great be it'd be helpful you'd be really be helping me out Matthew Kelly all right let's do a new segment uh, this is kind of a game so get out your pencils and a piece of paper it can be a scrap of paper and uh, this is called Name Those Zealots. Okay, that was just the meme report theme song. So I guess we spent all our money on the Star Wars thing because the Star Wars thing is not good. <laughs> I got to tell you, I do not like it. Uh, anyway, uh, this is not the meme report. This is uh, uh, name name those zealots or name that zealot. But uh, for this, the, this edition of name that zealot, we have two. So I'm going to play a clip for you and then we're going to take a break. And during the break... I'd like you to write down who you think these two uh, uh, religious zealots are. Zealot's probably the not the right word, but it kind of just, as a segment name, it just sounds better. All right, here's the clip. Me, a brother in Christ, a brother in life. We're about to get into that church and stay prayed up. Always. We're going to the fight. Always. Well, Jesus Christ. Got to build spiritual muscle as well. Stay prayed up. God bless you. God bless. Hi, is your name Crystal, and are you the star of 2003's Wild Spirit, 2003's Visions of Passion, and 2001's House of Legs 19, subtitled Worship? If so, we'd like to talk to you. Please, Drop us an email at giantpengipodcast at gmail.com or check us out on Instagram. We're Giant Pengi Podcast. Send us a DM and we'll get back to you immediately. Again, this is a message for Crystal, 
the actress who starred in Wild Spirit, Visions of Passion, and House of Legs 19, subtitle Worship. And just to be clear, that House of Legs 19, uh, colon, Worship, uh, it, I might... What I mean is worship and like we went to church Sunday to worship the Lord, not I I have been stationed on a warship in uh, during the Vietnam War. So it's worship as in like, you know, you understand. <laughs> All right. Uh, so we're, we're playing name those zealots. You have heard the clip and I'm sure you've written down two answers. And the answer to who those two zealots are. Uh, is is forthcoming, ready, shave and a haircut, two bits. It is none other than Mark Wahlberg and Mario Lopez. Why are they friends? <laughs> what? Uh, I understand when Mark Wahlberg says, uh, he says brothers in Christ. I kind of understand that because that's like the brotherhood of Christianity. You know, technically my dad and Mark Wahlberg our brothers in Christ, right? I mean, they're technically both uh, upstanding Christian men. They would they would probably greet each other with a "Hey, brother," or or perhaps a full "Hey, brother in Christ." So, I mean, that I get. Mario Lopez, Mark Wahlberg, they love Jesus. The brothers in Christ, but brothers in life. Who knew that? That's that, that was that was a real revelation when I saw this video this week. My guess is. That they probably met at like an extra shoot. Like Mario Lopez was interviewing him. Like they're probably doing a story on like Instant Family or Daddy's Home Too. Or you know what? Most likely it was probably for for Father Stew. And they probably got talking about Catholicism and and how they both really really just love love Catholicism, love praying it up, and they they clearly love working out too. Uh, <laughs> They love keeping their bodies strong and their prayer game strong. And and actually, I, another thing they have in common, they were both uh, creeps when they were younger. I heard on the uh, Go Bayside podcast that uh, Mario Lopez, apparently back in the Say by the Bell days, he, he would creep on the the female extras on the show. Like he, you know, which is kind of gross. And of course, we all know that Marky Mark blinded a Vietnamese guy. Uh, it's true. Did you not know about that? This is from The Guardian. The headline says, Mark Wahlberg, assault victim. Everyone deserves another chance. Uh, in 1988, when he was 16, actor Mark Wahlberg spent 45 days in prison for attacking a Vietnamese man. Uh, now, this was 1988, so uh, I think comfortably the Vietnam War was over. So uh, this, was not, this was not in Vietnam. And Mark Wahlberg was not a soldier. I know he plays a soldier a lot of times in his movies, but uh, this was not uh, one of those times. Uh, um, Mr. Wahlberg was charged with attempted murder and thought he had blinded the man in one eye. Wahlberg would later say in many interviews that it was that time in prison when he finally decided to turn his life around. And I bet all the ideas for his great songs as the musical artist Marky Mark probably came to him in prison. Um, Good Vibrations definitely seems like a song that was written in a prison, uh, in a prison yard during uh, activity time. Last month, the actor applied for a pardon from the crime in the state of Massachusetts, citing his charity work and his application as proof 
that he's changed. And citing his starring role in the films Ted and Ted 2. That's weird. I wonder why he thought that would help. And now Johnny Trin, the man who Wahlberg attacked that night, has spoken out to forgive Wahlberg in an interview with the Mail Online's Paul Thompson. Trin said that he was not blinded by Wahlberg's attack, huh? as had been previously thought, but had in fact lost the sight in his left eye in a grenade attack during the Vietnam War. Hmm. He did hurt me, but my left eye was already gone. He was not responsible for that, Trin said. He was young and reckless, but I forgive him now. Everyone deserves a second chance. He paid for his crime when he went to prison. I am not saying that it did not hurt when he punched me in the face. But it was a long time ago. Turns out it was a grenade and not Mark Wahlberg, the blinded Mr. Trin. I was just telling my wife and daughter as we were out and about driving around about Mark Wahlberg blinding a guy when he was a teenager. And boy, boy, do I feel the fool because I was wrong. And it takes a big man to admit when he's wrong. And I would just like to tell Mark Wahlberg, I am very sorry that I told my wife and daughter that you blinded a Vietnamese man when you were younger. In fact, I, I full on told them you blinded him completely. <laughs> Not just one eye. I may have said plucked out both eyes in a meth-fueled attack. And, I t and I'm sorry, because that clearly is not... It was a grenade. A grenade was thrown and an eye was lost. Um, so you didn't, you didn't take away a man's eyesight. You did beat a man so savagely that you were charged with attempted murder. But uh, we should probably still say, we should let bygones be bygones and move on. And, uh, you know, that makes me now think, you know, I heard the Mario Lopez thing on a comedy podcast. Uh, you know, how comedy podcasts love to talk about sexual assault. Uh, you know what? I bet, I bet all that was probably grenades too. Let's, let, let's look it up. Cause I don't want to be unfair to Mario Lopez and say that he was creepy or, uh, or sexually assaulted, any uh, young teen actors on the set of Saved by the Bell, if it was just, you know, if it was just grenades being thrown around. Uh, this is an article from May 11th, 1993, and uh, the headline says, Saved by the Bell actor hit with date rape charge. Uh -oh. Police said Monday they are investigating a teenager's claims she was raped by Mario Lopez. Oh, boy. This uh, is a little bit beyond what they talked about on Go Bayside. Uh, the actor has not been arrested, and he denied the allegations. The 19-year-old actor, who appears on the NBC TV high school sitcom Saved by the Bell, is cooperating with detectives. What we have here basically is an allegation of date rape, said police detective John McAvania. Police will present their findings to the San Diego County District Attorney's Office later this week. Prosecutors then will review the case and decide whether to file charges. Uh, Mario Lopez, of course, said he did not do this. And uh, I tried to find out what happened after this, and I couldn't find a thing. But you know what I did find? 30 shocking Say by the Bell secrets revealed. Let's do it! <laughs> 
Can we please stop with the meme report theme? It's, it's not a good look. All right, guys. These are 30 shocking Saved by the Bell secrets revealed. I, for one, am pretty excited. I was a huge Saved by the Bell fan when I was a kid. I'm assuming all of you are, too, and have not turned off the podcast. <laughs> so let's look at these 30 shocking secrets. I'm hoping to read 30 secrets that I don't know already. I feel like I'm... I feel like I'm an expert on Saved by the Bell. Like I could teach a college course on Saved by the Bell. And I guarantee somewhere in the United States of America, someone is teaching a course for which you receive credit on the Saved by the Bell television show. All right. Let's let's hit some of these shocking secrets. Remember, the headline said shocking secrets. Okay? Shocking. Number one, originally titled Good Morning, Miss Bliss. What? Just kidding. <laughs> I knew that. Who doesn't know that? The show was initially inspired by then-NBC president, sixth grade teacher, whose name was actually Miss Bliss. And he asked Peter Engel to make a show about her. Haley Mills was cast as Miss Bliss. After Sandy Duncan, speaking of uh, one-eyed people, you think Sandy Duncan was blinded by a grenade? Like she was playing Peter Pan and someone threw a grenade on stage? I don't know. <laughs> uh, but after seeing the pilot, NBC decided not to pick it up. Oh, no. Miss Bliss just did not touch the hearts of NBC executives. Disney Channel, however, took a chance and aired 13 episode or aired a 13-episode season from 88 to 89 of a retooled Miss Bliss, recasting most of the roles and aging up the students to 8th grade. Due to its low ratings, it was canceled after one season. Yeah, I don't know if you've seen Good Morning, Miss Bliss. And that, when I revisit Saved by the Bell, which I do, I try to do every couple of years, it's important to, uh, <laughs> I heard that's one of the ways you keep your mind fresh, you know, to, to uh, stave off dementia. Uh, is uh, watch Saved by the Bell. Uh, I do skip the Miss Bliss years, though. Don't really care. And if you and if you really do watch Miss Bliss and then consider it part of the Saved by the Bell canon, it's very odd that like three of the students and the principal of the school move from Indiana, which is the setting of Good Morning Miss Bliss. They all decide to move together to uh, California. Which is very strange. I don't understand that. But that's, you know, whatever. All right. Shocking reveal number two. There are 30 of these. There's no way all of them are going to make it onto this podcast. <laughs> In the very first pilot, a future Beverly Hills 90210 star was one of the major child characters. Brian Austin Green. Bag himself. And another young actor who would go on to play a beloved 90s sitcom character was also featured, Jaleel White, a.k.a. Steve Urkel. Who did they play, though? That'd be the shocking part. Like, Brian Austin Green shockingly played Lisa Turtle. <laughs> Jaleel White was cast as Principal Belding. Like, that's shocking. That teen actors would be on a show with other teen actors? Not, not shocking. This is number four. The role of Kelly Kapowski came down to three young actresses. Tiffany Thiessen, Elizabeth Berkeley, and Jenny Garth. 
Jenny Garth, if you uh, don't remember her, she played Kelly on Beverly Hills 90210, and she was the one that was so pale, you could actually see her skeleton through her skin. Oh, here's a shocking reveal. AC's real name, Albert Clifford. Uh, yeah, we know. In fact, number 10, uh, you know, all of all these guys, uh, they all dated each other. All of us dated at one point or another. It was incestuous. Uh, Gosler told people in 2009. He just told people. Whoever was nearby, he would tell them. Sometimes the girls would gang up on the guys. All right, here we go. Tiffany and Elizabeth would hate me, and then they'd hate Lark because Lark was talking to me, and Mario was supposed to side with someone. All that stuff you did in high school, like, how could you talk to him? Uh, sadly, uh, no mention of Dustin Diamond. Uh, R.I.P. Rest in power. Rest in powers. Screech powers. Uh, 11. While Gosler and Voorhees actually dated for three years during filming, Ed Alonzo once dished. He, of course, is the magician Max who owned The Max. He once dished to Entertainment Tonight about Gosler and Thiessen's flirtations. Why? He's a grown man. <laughs> they kind of liked each other a bit. He spilled. They liked each other a lot. It was very cute. It was hand-holding and looking over. Looking over? Is he talking about he was looking over? He was hiding off stage, <laughs> jerking it? <laughs> you know, Ed Alonzo eventually disappeared from the show. Was it because he was jerking it? Uh, in an interview with People, Thiessen revealed the first time she drank alcohol, she was with um, with Mark Paul Gosler, saying, Mark Paul and I got to go to Paris for a press tour. We ate crepes, and my first sip of alcohol was with him. It felt at times like we were Barbie and Ken. Well, there you go. I think well, that was kind of the point, wasn't it? All right, this is, this is a shocking reveal within a shocking reveal. While AC and Jesse were together on the show... Lopez revealed in his memoir that he also dated Thiessen. Okay, so what's shocking there is Mario Lopez <laughs> wrote a memoir. Enough people wanted to hear the Mario Lopez story. I wonder if he talks about all the, uh, all the uh, you know, ex teenage extras he creeped out on set. I was hoping we were going to get some sort of shocking reveal that, like, Kevin... That that robot that Screech built, like Kevin got electrocuted, like in a uh, in a Killbots type situation, and went on a murder spree on the set, and that's why like he wasn't on it after season three or something. <laughs> I don't know. Is that too much to ask? You know, most things. If I'm looking at shocking reveals, I would love them to involve Killbot style massacres. Uh, here's another shocking thing that we all know about. You know, Dustin Diamond starred in a in a porn tape in 2006 and the part that's funny to me is that it's titled screeched <laughs> saved by the smell This is gonna shock. Here's a shocking reveal about me. I've never seen. I've never seen screeched. <laughs> saved, saved by the smell. <laughs> I, I'm really curious as to what, what the, what smell they're talking about. <laughs> 
all right, all right, all right. That's enough. That's enough. Saved by the bell. Well, I tried desperately, but I could not find a plot synopsis for Screeched, Saved by the Smell, online. So, sadly, uh, we may never know. Us us non-perverts may never know uh, the plot of Dustin Diamond's one and only porn film. But again, we uh, mourn the death of Dustin Diamond. We say, rest in peace, you sweet, sweet soul. Anyway, this is the end of episode 24. We did it. We somehow we somehow powered through it. We got the episode made and out to you and you've you've finished listening listening to it. Uh, I hope that you enjoyed it. Uh, if you've heard my voice during this episode, you know I'm losing my voice. In fact, I think over the last few episodes, my voice has sounded awful. I, I, you know, I blame the podcast. I blame my commitment to getting this podcast out. It's killing my voice, uh, but I'm going to keep doing it because I love it. And I'm, I'm only semi kidding, but I will be on vacation next week. So there may not be a new episode next Monday. I know, I know I hear your cries of anguish, but I need to get away from here. I need to get away from my job. I need to get away from summer. I need to get away because summer's awful. Oh, summer's awful. It's not stopped being awful. I need to get away from all the stresses of life. I need to just stop talking a little bit. I'm going to talk as little as possible. But I'm headed out on vacation. It's a time for rest and relaxation. I'm going to charge my batteries up. I got a lot of things on the docket that I'm going to experience. And hopefully that'll, uh, you know, give me all new things to talk about on the podcast. I'm going to New York City. Uh, so I, I hear there's a lot of crazy people just roaming around free. They ain't even behind bars. You can you can see them walking down the street. Uh, so I'm sure I'll have a lot of uh, crazy encounters while I'm um, in New York City and other places as well. I'll be in Philadelphia. I'll also be on the high seas on a cruise ship. Um, so I'll probably sing a uh, pirate shanty or two. But all I know is that, uh, well, I probably won't because all I know is I'm going to rest my voice. And the best way to rest my voice is do this rambling (laughs) ending section of the podcast. But I did want to say that there may not be an episode uh, next week, but do not fret. I will be back with with all new content for your ear holes when I return. That said, there may be an episode next week. I just don't know what what it's going to be. Anyway... Um, it may be, I may have lost my voice completely and it may just be me doing the show, uh, in Morse code. So, you know, look forward to that. That might be fun and quirky, right? Am I going to get on the, uh, the AV club going to showcase my podcast if I do an all Morse code episode. Anyway, uh, again, everybody, thanks for listening to the show. I love all of you. You can write to us at giantpengypodcast at gmail.com. You can visit giant pengy podcast on Instagram, uh, I've signed up for threads, but I haven't uh, posted a thread yet. Is that what it's called? A thread? I haven't put a thread out there yet yet because uh, I want it to be great. I want it to be fantastic. I don't want to embarrass myself. 
So, uh, you know, as soon as that happens, I'll let you know. But it doesn't matter. This was Giant Electric Penguin. This was episode 24. I'm off. I'm off. I'm off for vacation. The bags are packed. I hear my uh, wife and daughter yelling down. They're like, come on, Dad. We got to go. So I'm off for vacation. I will see you when I get back. All right. Bye.